Welcome back to That's Debatable. Here, we break down a controversial world issue. Then, we use evidence and research to debate both sides. The world is a complicated place, and we help you to make sense of it. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome back to another episode of That's Debatable. I'm Creed Finnefrock. And I'm Miles Atlas. And this week, we're going to be covering the U.S. military budget. In this debate, I'm going to be taking the side that says the U.S. military budget is in a good place currently, and Miles is going to be taking the side that says it needs to be lowered. Miles, why don't you get us started with some facts about this situation? Well, the reason that this argument is a debate in the first place in America is that America spends way more in military budget than any other country. We actually spend more than the next 11 highest countries on on the list of highest military spenders. So it's first is the United States at around $778 billion. This is based on 2020, by the way. The next is China at $252 billion, then India at $72.9 billion, Russia at 61.7, United Kingdom at 59.2, and then it's pretty steady from there, just going down a little bit. The military budget spending actually is the second largest in the federal budget. Uh, Social Security takes number one in that spot. And it's around 15% of the U.S. budget is directly put into the military spending. The military spending budget covers the Department of Defense Overseas Contingency Operations, the VA, Homeland Security, the State Department, and other national security types of things. Another way of looking at this is that America also takes up 40% of global military expenditures. So there are some of the facts of the matter, Miles. Why don't you get us started off with the first argument? So the first argument is based on the fact that America spends so much more than the rest of the world on their military budget. First of all, this shows us that America probably doesn't need to spend that much because literally every other single country using their logic has determined that the amount the U.S. spends is way too much for them. And also, America spends three times more than China, the next leading country, and even China spends a lot more than the next country after them. And so... If we're leading by this much in terms of military spending, that indicates that there's not really any rivalries currently in the military space. And so it doesn't make sense for us to stay this high. One of the reasons that people will argue for the military budget being this high is that America's been prepared for a two-front war or a multiple-front war. And that's kind of USA's goal. USA wants to protect much of the world. That's kind of what they do is... USA was put in that position where they're like, yes, we're one of the powerhouses military-wise, and we're here to protect the world. And so when countries like China and Russia have large military budgets, USA has to be able to match that and more to, you know, keep the chance of an attack lower. So that's, you know, USA's war on terror, in a sense, is what it can has been called, uh, where they're just trying to keep people from attacking others by having such a massive military that they know as soon as they attack someone their country's going to be hurt really badly. And yet, America isn't the only powerful country that is in a position to defend democracy. So I don't, I don't get why America and American citizens should be forced to sacrifice a lot of their tax dollars when some of these other countries, like the UK and France, could be spending more. Yeah, but UK and France have nothing money or military-wise compared to the USA in the amount of money they put in, right? So they well, put yeah, in, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It could be 
but more if equal. USA lowers it, then they're forced to increase their money that's put in. But what if they don't put in more money? That's the issue. Is we can only control USA itself. Now, obviously, you can you know have diplomatic uh, interactions with these other countries and say like, hey, could you raise your you know military spending? We don't want to pay any more taxes. But <laughs> that's something that USA is not necessarily going to do. So it's USA's job in this sense. It was kind of like it's some sort of. You know, it's been described as a destiny at times where it's USA was put in a place to help defend the world and military spending like this is one way to do that. Well, I think the reason that these other countries don't spend as much as the US is because they know that they're going to be safe no matter what. And so they don't have to actually put in the resources into their military because the US just has their back no matter what. So I think if we reduced it, they would have to increase their budget. Yeah, and that's something that can definitely be considered. But USA has always been a type of country that's had a large military and put a lot of focus and effort into the military and defending people. And that's something that I don't, I don't think they're going to change anytime soon. And also, like China has, they spend two hundred fifty billion, and Russia spends sixty one billion. So even if you combine those, if you consider those like our biggest adversaries, that still comes nowhere close to. It's about half of USA's budget. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but another thing is countries that are willing to go full out for war and things like that, like China and Russia, they're known as some of the more dangerous countries in that part. Just because if you match their budget, it doesn't mean anything. Because if you have to fight a multiple front war, you're going to be putting so much effort in all these different places that you'll get spread thin. And so that's why having such a massive budget can be really helpful um, in protecting the country as a whole. And I think the threat of Russia and China is why other countries should step up their game more to match our level. And also, let's not act like we can't ramp up whenever a military conflict happens. I think we have a lot more pressing issues right now than war. Like we just had a pandemic, for example, where more people died than people have died in any American war. And so even if these issues don't seem as big as the problem of war, they can be just as, if not more deadly. Yeah, I think another thing is just the preventative idea. Like, yes, it hasn't been this bad before, but the chances of other countries, as soon as they acquire nuclear power and things like that, uh, nuclear weapons and advanced technology, then the threat for loss of life is a lot higher. And so it's the having such a high, massive military budget with so many defenses that really deters other countries from attacking. Another point you brought up was, you know, having other countries contribute more, which is something that is great, but it doesn't it doesn't mean anything about the American military spending. So that's something that is something that would be cool, but is a little bit off topic in that sense, I think. Well, no, I don't think it's off topic because America does have topic, but America does have a lot of world power. Like we are one of the two global superpowers. If if we tell other countries that we're going to pull back, I think that other countries will make changes to compensate. Yeah, and I think they would, but it's something that uh, we can't rely on other countries to do. So we'd have to see that the other countries would be willing to do that first before we could make a real decision. But the thing is that the U.S. is just, as I said earlier, so much higher in terms of their budget. So we still have room for error, even if other countries don't step up. Yeah. Okay. So what are you proposing that they, or not you specifically, but what are people proposing that they reduce the military budget by? Well, one of the examples is weapons. For example, over the years, America has spent over $1 trillion on this plane called the F-35 Joint Strike Fighter, and it hasn't even like been used. 
it's still being tested. And fighter pilots say that it's inferior to planes such as the F-16 and the F-15, which have been around for far longer. And But, but like, they're old planes. And so there's no reason that these new weapons that we're creating should be worse. And that's what's happening. Yeah, so then that would be restructuring of the program. How many years was it in production, do you know? I think it started in 2006. Yeah, so then that would be, what, a little bit over 16 years of production at that point and a trillion dollars in 16 years. So that's a lot of money. Obviously, that could have been spent towards better things uh, if people are saying that it is not as good as it could be. But then that's just restructuring. So how would you propose that money have been used? Well, that money could be used to like other things. For example, like the Build Back Better project that would put money into climate change, childcare, healthcare, education, and things like that that haven't received anywhere near as much attention as the military. Another example of military waste is that the branches of the military are actually legally required to submit a wish list of projects that they want funded that weren't initially in the budget. And they often end up getting what they want and more, even if it's not actually necessary. Like last year, the wish list that they requested had $18 billion in extra funds that weren't on the original budget, and it added over 2% to the budget submitted by the president. Yeah, that's really interesting. And there's been other times too where they've actually been, you know, forced upon to have more money than they wanted. So there have been times where uh, I think the Air Force have have tried to shut down using, uh, I can't remember what type of plane it was, but then uh, the U.S. government was like, no, we want you to keep buying those and, you know, funding those. And so they actually spent way more money than they wanted on those planes and that were never really used again. Yeah, and it was, I think it was 1970s planes too. Yeah, it was the A-10 Warhog, right? Is that what? Yeah, yeah. something like that. It was something uh, along those lines. And there, there's other examples of that too, where it's been times where, you know, the military itself has been like, no, we don't want this. And the government itself was like, no, you're going to keep it. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at that point, there there is definitely issues with how it's being spent. I think having a high number if the money is spent very well and it's managed and it has checks and balances and we know where all of it's going, obviously outside of the secret stuff that we aren't allowed to know, but we can just be like, ah, yes, there was this much set aside for the secret stuff. And knowing what all this is being spent towards, I think that would be something that would be really good if it was all put towards good uses. But when it's not being put towards good uses, then that extra money could have been put towards something else. Yeah, and just the idea of giving them a wish list, it seems kind of extra like there should be i think there should be like a closer relationship between the government and the military where the government is like checking how they spend their money but it just kind of gives the impression that the government is just going to support them no matter what they choose to spend it on it's like they're spoiling their child you know (laughs) a little bit yeah i think the wish list is a good thing because the government doesn't know what the military wants meant much of the time with but also that they're legally required to make a wish list i think that is interesting You know, what would be a good way to do that is increase relations between the government itself and military leaders. I've read a couple books about, you know, wars in the past with USA, and a lot of military leaders in those books have been super critical of the U.S. government and how the U.S. government handles wars and things like that. So I think increasing relations between the U.S. government and these military officials would really help with, you know, if they wanted to decrease funding, then they would decrease the funding. Um, but in a way that's manageable or keep the funding and actually, you know, do some better stuff with what they're doing now. And I think the funding where it is now is in a pretty good spot 
because compared to previous years, if you look at the GDP, it's in around a similar percentage. Um, it's it's still a lot compared to other countries, but it's in U.S.'s history, it's at a similar percentage. And so something that, even though uh, it seems really excessive, at when you just look at the $750 plus billion, uh, it's actually pretty average or a little bit above average compared to past years. Yeah, that it's interesting because you look at GDP and it's like, pretty much the same if not lower than it was before yeah i think it's at around eight percent right now and there's been times in the last you know 50 years where it's been at like seven seven percent six percent five percent and then other times where it's been at like around ten percent almost yeah so but then you look at like the cold war and you put that instead of looking at percent of gdp you look at in modern currency you find that we spend 50 percent more on the military now? In the Cold War. Oh, in the Cold War. Than we do now. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah. Another major problem with how America is spending its money militarily is the amount of money that nukes will cost in the future. It's projected that over the next decade, it will cost $494 billion in total for maintaining and modernizing their nuclear arsenal. And as for now, America has 3,708 nuclear weapons that they can use. Russia also has 4,477. The next highest country has less than 300. They're France. But I feel like once you get to a certain point over probably like 300 or something, like what are all of those extra nuclear weapons going to do for you? Yeah, I don't know. That's Those numbers are pretty insane, especially when you look at you know the next countries, uh, definitely with France. Why does France have so many? That's my question. Yeah, I don't... I, I mean... Know. Yeah, good question. <laughs> but, um, actually, okay, correction. The next highest country is actually China with 350. Okay, but that would make sense. France and then is France fourth. is fourth right yeah. after with around 300. Yeah, 290. Yeah, 290. Um, I think USA having a lot of nukes is definitely something... You know, you said it's what? Almost like four, almost $50 billion per year devoted towards nuclear maintenance then, right? Yeah. Um, it's a lot of money. And how would you discard of the nuclear weapons, too? I think that's something that, you know, dismantling an atomic bomb has got to be a really dangerous process yeah. that should probably be done in the middle of nowhere. So some of that stuff is interesting, but I think <laughs> I think that's a good point you bring up with how much that does cost um, in why U.S. has that many nuclear weapons. Do you think that just seeing the number that they have is a deterrence? Because... Oh, Definitely. I mean, yeah. also just having near the amount of nukes that Russia has is probably a good thing um, because we don't know r what Russia could do. I mean, they just invaded Ukraine out of nowhere, right? Not out of nowhere, but it was something that was pretty much unprovoked, right? Like, you know, they all one day we wake up and they've invaded Ukraine. Um, and so I think U.S. having uh, weapons very, you know, similar number to theirs is something that's definitely a deterrent for Russia and other countries to stay away from USA and other NATO countries. Yeah, I just don't, I don't see a world where all of these nukes are used, you know? Yeah, unless <laughs> you go fight in space. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an expert on nuclear war, but I feel like if <laughs> over Actually, like a hundred... really cool if you were, though. <laughs> I feel like if over a hundred nuclear weapons or something are dropped on the earth, it would just destroy the environment and forever life as we know it. Yeah. I mean, that's the guess, so don't take my word for it, but... 
Yeah, no, this show is not meant to be taken with every single thing as a fact, yes. obviously. All right, Miles, any other good points you want to bring up for why U.S. should lower the military budget? Yes. So in 2015, the Pentagon did like a self-study, a self-report, and they found that they could save $125 billion a year, and that would come largely from reducing the number of staff they had and that those staff weren't serving like any pressing purpose. And the Pentagon later hid that report that they had done. I believe that was in 2015, and they hid it. Uh, I believe it was according to the Washington Post that they hit it. I think that's a really interesting self-study. And definitely, you know, lowering that much of the cost for the Pentagon itself really brings to light what could be done. It's kind of hard to argue and say, oh, yeah, that money should be kept putting in, uh, be put into these organizations because, you know, it's not going anywhere, apparently. Right? Yeah. Unless it's said, hey, why don't we put that 120, however many billion dollars into better uses within these programs, exactly. right? So if that money was put into better planes for the Air Force, not like the F-35s, but better planes and actual production, then that would be something that would be really useful, I believe, and would bolster the U.S. military and status in the world even greater. So it's just reorganizing how that money is spent. Because I don't think anyone would really say that this money is spent always the right way. I think it's spent well overall as many people would argue, but it's, you know, certain things that definitely could be reduced or raised. Reshuffling and having more checks and balances within the system would be something that many people propose uh, if they want to keep the budget the same. Yeah, and I think largely the main point about reducing the budget isn't that America is going to fall off as a military power. It's that it's pretty much that we should reduce the excess and like streamline the process so that the government is kind of in line with the military on what money is necessary and what money is not and ways that they can cut out unnecessary spending. Yeah, I think that's the middle ground in this situation. I mean, we see people saying, oh, yeah, cut it down or people saying raise it. But I think the real middle ground that most people would consider after looking at this is saying, hey, I see that these things are spent right. And but we should still have a lot of money put into it. Why don't we just reshuffle everything, reorganize it, streamline the pro process and make sure the government knows what's going on in the military, and the military uh, contributes to the government in that sense too. Um, I think that's what most people would want in this situation. Thank you for listening to our show today. I think that about wraps it up. Once again, you've been listening to That's Debatable. You can catch us every Thursday at 7 a.m. or as a podcast on Spotify. Thank you for listening and have a good day.